very good afternoon to you and welcome to today's edition of Joy Business Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, good energy, Goyle, Yanara, Yedia. Masterclass comes your way every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. and runs all the way through to 2.15 p.m. here on your superstation Joy 99.7. My name, as always, is Yabanafo and I'm glad to be your host for today's edition of Masterclass. Today's show is one of those that comes with mixed feelings because, again, it's the last should I say conversation we're going to be having on stakeholder management. We spent the last couple of weeks with Latif Abubakar, who has obliged us some wonderful information and content. But today we sort of bring that conversation to a close, if you like. And if time permits us, we'll go back and do some kind of recap on the things we've talked about in weeks one, two, three, and then today's uh, week four conversation. We've been talking about stakeholder management, introducing the conversation, how to identify stakeholders, the world of stakeholders. Today we'll be dwelling a bit more on the area of monitoring and evaluation of stakeholder management, if you like, monitoring and evaluation. And as always, we, uh, we have some slides which we're going to be streaming live on Facebook. So please do join us so that uh, you can be a part of that conversation. At some point in the show, we will get interactive so that you can also be a part of that conversation. Latif, you're welcome back to this conversation. Thank you very much, my brother. Uh, mixed feelings. Uh, I know. Hopefully sometime um, in the new year, maybe yeah. we'll, we'll, oh, we'll have the opportunity we'll, to have you back on the definitely, show again. Definitely, um, I would love you've, to. You've become a friend of the show, if I can call you that. Yeah, and I accept it. Because this is, this is not the first time you've been No, this is not the first time. Indeed. indeed and it won't indeed. be the last. It won't be the last. It yeah. won't be the last. Today, we're talking about monitoring and evaluation of stakeholder management. Um, because we'll do a recap on weeks one to three, maybe we go straight into today, yeah. and then once we're done with the content, then we can sort yeah. kind of go back and do a quick recap. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, right. um, stakeholder monitoring and evaluation, or Correct. stakeholder monitoring and controlling. I'll be using those words interchangeably. interchangeably. Um, even before I proceed, um, just one important recap: it's stakeholder involvement in projects. I like giving a summary of how to involve stakeholders on projects. Mm -hmm. And basically, um, it tells you that if, for you to be able to involve stakeholders comfortably on projects, one, you need to identify the stakeholders. Correct. You need to determine their requirements, that's their needs, wants, and expectations. Then you need to determine their interests, mm -hmm. their power, their influence. Remember the stakeholder mapping, where you can get the power, interest, great. High and power, high influence. Exactly. <laughs> then also... After determining that, you need to also be able to have a communication plan for them. Mm. We spoke about the push, pull, interactive. That's the methods of communication and even the tool or technology you would use to communicate to them. Right. It's also very important for you to state. Then now you need to begin executing the communication because for stakeholders, a lot of experts even tell you that when it comes to stakeholders, we are unable to manage them. We engage them. Mm. So... So mm -hmm. it's more about communicating to engage the stakeholders. Then the most important thing, which is the topic we're going to talk about today, is that how you can monitor and evaluate the engagement process. So, yeah. so that's actually the last bit of the flow in terms of if you really want to involve stakeholders, what one should do. You know, as you as you as you talked about the fact that there's a school of thought that says that you don't manage stakeholders but you engage them, it brings me to the question that was asked last week when we got interactive. Okay. There was a caller on the line who asked the question about at what point I think it was on social media, at what point does the stakeholder identification or inclusion begins uh, yeah, yeah, begin and end. And I think you, you were clearly Clear emphatic and you said it ends when the project ends. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And then so, it's, it's the first thing you do when yeah. you're given the mandate and then it ends 
immediately the project. And you, you, I think you even went on to give the example about a stakeholder whose circumstances changed and therefore their their power interest grade. Ah, also changed and switched from a low power to a high power. And sometimes it can switch even from a high power. I give an example of a a DC that the person was a DC then, so he had high power, high High interest, interest. and then he he lost. He lost the seat, and then now suddenly he became. Uh, someone with low power because it's a different person there so those things for the power interest grid it switches and rotates it it can easily switch and rotate not that it compulsorily switches and rotates so when you've done all that is required as we've talked about how do you then monitor and and evaluate evaluate. or control Um, we we always say that for every project even in project management monitoring and evaluation is core it is a process that I always say um, happens at every stage on, on your project or on, on your work field or whatever you're doing. Monitoring control cuts across. There is um, a single phrase that I usually use when it comes to monitoring and controlling mm-hmm. and it's categorized into three. Look, check, and fix. Okay. Look, check, and fix. Mm-hmm. So you look out for potential problems. Mm-hmm. Check if they are problems, indeed problems, and then you fix them. If they are not problems, then you move. So look, check, and fix is actually the entire summary of what monitoring and evaluation or monitoring and controlling means. Right. It's basically you look, you're looking out for potential problems, check if they are problems, and then if they are problems, what do you do? You fix them. When it comes to stakeholders, engagements, and monitoring and evaluating of stakeholders' engagements, you're looking out for the potential problems you're looking out for are basically issues and conflicts. Issues, conflicts. That's, those are the uh, potential problems you're looking out for. So look out for potential problems. means you're looking out for if there are issues and conflicts with any stakeholder. If yes, you check and verify if truly they are, then you go through the process of what? Fixing them. So if you look on our slides, we have a monitoring and control loop. Correct. That we go through in trying to resolve issues of monitoring and controlling mm-hmm. our project. We say that the proper, proper aspect of monitoring and controlling begins when you begin executing or implementing the pool. Because immediately you begin implementation, mm-hmm. you need to begin what? Assessing. Right. That's looking out for potential problems. Mm-hmm. You know, so immediately you begin working and implementation, you begin looking out for issues. Operational problems. Yes, especially from stakeholders. What are their challenges? What are their issues? What is happening? Why are they fighting? So you begin trying to find out, does Why it exist? Why are the deliveries coming in late? Why are they coming in late? Why are the reports not coming as they Why are the reports not exactly? Why are there plenty of variations? Good. So you look out for every problems you can try to identify. Mm-hmm. And when we say problems, we are saying that, or issues, we are looking at, you always have a ben- benchmark in planning. Remember we went through stakeholder plan, stakeholder engagement. Mm-hmm. You have, always have a benchmark. Correct. So if we begin implementation, and what you are implementing does not meet or deviates from the benchmark, then there's a possibility of an issue at stake. Mind you, it is not all the time that when you deviate, you are wrong. Sometimes during implementation, you might deviate, Mm -hmm. but you will be getting the results. So that's how can we say you look out for potential problems. Then you have to now check if it's, it's indeed a problem. The checking means that you find out whether 
the result is giving you conforms to the requirements or not. Because we are saying that on, on, on the field, what you write on paper might be different from when you go to the ground. You understand? But you might be able to deviate on the ground because of circumstance on the ground, but achieve or meet your requirements. So you have deviated. So deviations does not necessarily mean you are wrong. It is only wrong when you verify and it doesn't meet your requirements. But if you verify and the deviation, the results of the deviation meets your requirements, then automatically you are right. But what if it doesn't meet your financial budget? So that is when change comes in. Right. Okay. We'll, so we'll get to that. Uh-huh. We'll so that's what right. comes in. So, I mean, you, you begin implementation based on your plan. So based on whatever uh, requirements stakeholders have given you. So that's part of the plan. What their expectations are, what their needs are. Yeah. When you begin implementation, you need to now begin looking out for potential problems. That looking out for potential problems simply means making sure that whatever you are achieving based on your implementation meets up whatever stakeholders, what, what the stakeholders have given you, what their expectations are, what their needs are, exactly. If they actually meet up that, if your results of implementation equals your requirements by stakeholders, you continue your work. If it doesn't, then there is what? You, there's a possibility of a change. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility of what? A change. The change goes through a change control board where it's a team, it's, it's a group of people that has been set, usually chaired by the project manager and includes the change owner. So that means that if there's an issue to be resolved, the person who brought up about the issue becomes the owner of the issue. You are responsible for the issue. So the project manager, the issue, some, the sponsor, and then some selected few in terms of experts mm. to form the change control board. So if there's a possibility of a change, meaning that whatever you're executing has issues or stakeholders have issues with whatever you're doing or stakeholders have problems or think that there must be a change in whatever you're doing, then it must go through a change control board, board right. for approval. What you need to, what you'll be submitting to the change control board is a document we refer to as the change request. Mm-hmm. So the change request actually has consists of um, it's a structure which has elements, some elements on it. So the type of change you want to execute, the date of the change, when you want to resolve it, and then what is the impact of the issues at stake or the changes at stake to <coughs> your shadow, mm-hmm. your cost. And then your scope. What is the scope of work? What is the impact of the issues that that, you want to resolve? Is that to determine whether it's worth the effort? Good. It's determined whether it's worth the effort in terms of cost. Because if there's going to be extra cost, there must be approvals. So those are the things that you must write down and justify on a change request. So that's why I say, before, if, if you begin implementing... And then whatever you're doing meets the requirements as stated by stakeholders. Automatically, you continue doing your work in peace. But if stakeholders have issues and changes with regards to whatever you are delivering, then that issues and changes need to be documented in the form of a change request. And the change request is submitted to the change control board. 
and the change control board will either approve or reject the change. If approved, it means you go back and begin what? Execute, implementing it. If rejected, they would give you other reasons why they rejected the change. Maybe they have other unique way of resolving the issue without, without necessarily going to redo the work. So they give you those reasons. You go back if this if it's not approved, and then you go and resolve it. You understand? So if you look at the the slides on social on on on, on Facebook, you realize that I've I've created the monitoring and controlling loop that takes you through how you are going to monitor and evaluate stakeholders' engagement. So then, what you must know is that the change request usually is documented. And, and, and implemented in four different ways. All changes that you're going to document and submit to the chain control board is what? Documented and implemented in four different ways. One, changes are documented and implemented in the form of a preventive action. So there's a change request which will be named, this is a preventive action change request. Meaning that there, there might not be any issue at stake now. But you are anticipating that there might be, yes, there, there might be issues or changes that needs to be done. So you put in measures to be able to what? Prevent it from happening. That's the first one out of the four. So it's called a preventive action. That's a form of change request. You understand? The second form of change request is a corrective action. Meaning that this time around, you've gone ahead, started the work. The station has occurred. The station is it's in the process. You've started it. It's in the okay. process. It's not completed. And you find out that there are issues that you need to resolve among stakeholders. So you put in a corrective action mm. for you to be able to correct those and issues are stake, and then you can move on. Then there is a change request, which is also referred to as the defect repair. Okay. That kind of change request is, is is documented and implemented on issues and changes that that has already occurred. I see that, that you are not in the process. The issue has occurred. That or the or the, the you, I mean you can't do anything now. Post facto. Yeah, exactly. So now you need to be able to repair the defect mm. that has occurred or the problem or the issue that has occurred. So that is... So the, that's preemptive. Then the corrective, corrective, preventive. Which is while in the process. While in the process. And then and there's a post facto, which is the defect repair. Exactly. Then there's a final one, which is called the update. Those are mm. changes that are made or that are made on project documents. Mm. On any document, if you think that the issue at stake is basically an issue of uh, paperwork, mm. then you have to do an update on the paperwork just so you resolve the issue. So the changes that are documented and implemented mm -hmm. as a result of issues or conflicts that need to be resolved are basically documented and implemented in the form of a preventive action, mm -hmm. a corrective action, a defect repair, and then finally an update an update when it is changes or issues with regards to a document mm. so that's basically it if you are able to submit the change request to the change control board mm -hmm. and the change control board approves the change request then automatically it means that you should go and then 
implement the newly approved measures of resolving the issues or the changes. If it is not approved, then, of course, it means that there are other smart ways of doing it without going through the chain process. And then sometimes the experts on the chain control board would give you or advise you on the document as to how you can go about it without necessarily making changes. Remember, I talked about the fact that a typical change a typical change request document must have the type of change you want to embark on, whether it's a preventive, corrective, defect repair, or an update. It mm-hmm. must have the date, of course. It must. It must also have uh, the change owner, the person who actually originated saw the, the originated change. the change. Yeah. Then, it must show us the impact of the issues at stake. Or the changes at stake to the impact of that to the cost, the implication on the schedule, and then the implication also on the scope of work and even how it can affect quality and so on and so forth. And even resource and resource requirements. So, if so, a proper change request shows you that so that it tells you how much money you would need to resolve the, the change, it also tells you how much time you require for you to effect that oh, issue or resolve that issue. Yeah. It also tells you how it's going to affect your deliverables, I mean, your scope of work. Mm-hmm. What quantity of work in addition or subtraction will be made to yeah. your original scope of work, you understand? And then how it's going to affect quality and then resources. So the change request at least give you a very good picture of what it requires and how it's going to affect you positively or negatively on the project at least that gives us an overview of how you can monitor and evaluate any process including the stakeholder engagement process of a project mm-hmm. remember the principle of monitoring and controlling can be summarized into look check mm-hmm. and fix. fix that's look out for potential problems mm-hmm. check if they are problems and then you do what you fix them if they are actually problems. What would you say to um, the, the statement that says, if the definition can be likened to the three words you just shared, look, check, and fix, then the process of monitoring and controlling or evaluation is one that is continuous from the beginning of the project to the end. It I doesn't necessarily come in at the end, but it's a continuous thing. I agree. You start monitoring immediately, you start the project. Mm-hmm. You understand? Monitoring and evaluation, it's an ongoing process from the beginning of the project to the end. The only reason why we usually talk about implementation much when we are talking about monitoring and controlling is that majority of the work you use, majority of the resources, financial, human, and material resources required for every work, it happens during the implementation stage. So that's how come there is more emphasis of monitoring and controlling during that that's particular, the action stage. That's the action stage. So that's how come there is more emphasis of monitoring and controlling during those particular stages, mm-hmm. one way or the other. Now we can talk about. I want to go through the monitoring and controlling processes proper. Let's do that. We say that uh, monitoring stakeholder relationship mm-hmm. and managing their options and plans for engaging them mm-hmm. is actually what the process is the stakeholder engagement process it's just mm-hmm. you are monitoring them they are, they are monitoring the stakeholders mm-hmm. and trying to look out for resolve their issues mm-hmm. their conflicts and then the options available 
how to execute the other options plan a plan b available yeah. if they have issues and conflicts at stake that is actually what one does during the monitor and evaluation stakeholder yeah. process one may ask what do i need to be able to go through the monitoring and evaluating process i've given you an overview of what monitoring and evaluation is all about yes, yeah. now for you to be able to monitor and evaluate stakeholders properly of course you need your project management plan which includes your stakeholder management plan all the things that we went through last week last two weeks and last three weeks are informations required for you because you of course you need to know their requirements mm-hmm. you need to know their needs you need to know their interests if you want to monitor and evaluate them all the requirements they've stated is actually what you would use to judge them exactly easily because whatever you are doing on the project is to be able to meet those requirements with regards to stakeholders there should be agreed targets right from the beginning exactly the monitoring process there should be a record of communication and all of that there should be a reference point that you can always go back Good. to and you have created all those reference points through the stakeholder plan engagement, plan stakeholder engagement. We talked about yeah. it last two weeks too as well. The other thing you need is an issue log. Mm-hmm. It's a document that records all the issues that comes up from the beginning of the project. Mm-hmm. And then usually you have to make sure that you stay the time those issues came up. And then the time you intend to resolve. And what is the status of the issue? Right. So it's, it's a simple template that you could have or create by yourself to be able to log in every issue that comes. Mm-hmm. You need a work performance data. So basically, it's, it's information about each stakeholder mm-hmm. with regards to their issues that is coming up, what is, what, what is bringing about conflict, and then the work actually that is going on. You need a raw information about each of these things i'm smiling because i can see that for example in the, in, the, in the construction project this particular process of work performance data would be one that will be fraught with quite a bit of conflict mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. then there's always a disagreement between you know what's been done and what hasn't been done, been done. that's why we measure isn't it yeah that's why we measure properly that's why we measure that's why i'm saying that <laughs> you can successfully only you can monitor successfully if you have certain kpis set during your plan yeah so with stakeholders we spoke about plan stakeholder engagement mm-hmm. so that planning process helps you set all your benchmarks for stakeholders let me just and all, this in, yeah, okay. let me just shoot this quickly what happens when you measure my deliverable and it's not there because person b didn't do this yes i, I was supposed to do cladding i haven't done it because the form was not done by the contractor mm-hmm. and i'm the subcontractor for cladding i haven't done it I haven't done it. Yeah. When you measure, it's not there. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's somebody else's fault. Somebody has to be, be able to do it. Yours is dependent on someone's so work. And how, how do you measure my performance? So you measure, of course, it hasn't been done. So, <laughs> so that's at the end of the day. It hasn't been done. It hasn't been done. It doesn't matter who. So we are not talking about blaming. We are, we are not talking about who is responsible. Sure. For, yes. And so we can say that, yes, your, your performance, your work has not been done yet. It is not your fault. It is the fault of Mr. ABC. But you need to be proactive because you have time. As, as a person who is supposed to do the cladding, you need to also be proactive and be informing your project manager and other stakeholders, especially the person you report to, that, look, I need to start cladding at this time. This man is delaying. And from what I'm seeing, I might miss my set date. I'm recording this for future conversations and reference that's how we work 
So you start. So even this comment that you do or you you give out or send across, you will let the project manager or your supervisor also go and give pressure to the person doing his bed that he's delaying. You understand? At the end of the day, it will be difficult for people to come and blame you. True. Uh -huh. True. So that's it. So I was talking about what you require for proper monitoring and evaluating of stakeholder engagement. And I said that you need a project document, the project management plan. Mm -hmm. The project management plan contains the stakeholder management plan. Mm -hmm. In there, you have all the list of stakeholders. You have your stakeholder register. You have their requirements already, which is more like their KPIs. Yeah. You have their expectations already, which is more like their KPIs proper. So whatever you're going to evaluate, it's against what they said they want. You understand? So that's basically it. So the work performance data, it's the raw information about what you have done as compared to what they said they want. Yeah, so that's why I said, as part of the things you need, for you to be able to evaluate proper, you need a work performance data. Correct. It gives you the information of what has been done mm -hmm. as compared to what stakeholder said he wants. Stakeholder said he, the stakeholder said he or she wants a red, uh, a red gate. Mm -hmm. What has been done becomes the work performance data. data. The, the gate has been sprayed or painted. What is the color? Is it actually red or orange or pink? You compare. If it is red, it means you meet the stakeholder's requirements. You understand? So in evaluation, you pass. If it is not, that is where there is an issue. Right. Uh -huh. Then maybe it is not. You check and say, someone comes and says, ah, but I remember the stakeholder said it's supposed to be red. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, this is not red. We couldn't get red paint and it's orange. But why? Why are you using orange? I said, oh, so we did, we, uh, the orange was actually part of our alternative analysis, our plan B, when we were developing a plan. And then all stakeholders aligned to it that if we are unable to get red in the market, we could use what? This. Then you pass to go. So the work performance data is the raw information of what you have done so far. Then you need your project, doc your project documents. Your project documents at least gives you all the information about your project. When you are monitoring and evaluating, it's extremely important so that you can, it becomes like a reference point right. if there's any disagreement here and there, one way or the other. For, for this, the technique used in managing this process is basically an expert judgment technique. That's why I remember we said you must, you should be someone who has good interpersonal skills, someone who has good management skills for you to be able to monitor and evaluate this particular yes. process. At least also you must have a background of monitoring and evaluation that could guide you also in executing this particular process. There's loads of meetings that will be happening during this process. It means that you're going to be, because they said it's engaging of stakeholders, you're monitoring their engagement in resolving issues, in, in resolving conflicts, of course, there will be so much engagement that goes on. So there will be so much meeting. So, one, I always say that you need a, an expert. Either it's you or someone who understands the monitoring and evaluation process proper. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but someone who has good interpersonal skills and someone who has good management skills. Because this time, you're not just doing the monitor, normal monitoring and evaluating of work. Yeah doing monitoring and evaluating of people that requires 
a special skill. Some kind of skill. Uh -huh. Because even issues of tolerance, that's why interpersonal skills is there. Issues of tolerance and so on and so forth is extremely important when you are dealing with what? Stakeholders. At the end of the day, remember, whilst you are going through the monitoring evaluation, based on the monitoring evaluation loop I discussed at the beginning of this process, whilst you are going through the monitoring and evaluation loop, there's a possibility of certain outcomes or outputs. Yes, and one of the major outcomes is the change request. Hold that thought for me on change requests. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation Joy 99.7. We take a quick message from our sponsors. When we come back, we get interactive. Your favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 0551-111997 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass. We're here in the studio with Latif Abubakar, and today we end our conversation on stakeholder management. Phone lines are now open. Numbers to call 0302216541. That's 0302216541. You can also pick up that phone and give us a comment on 0551111997. If you're driving, please do not text while you drive because we definitely want you to arrive alive. But otherwise, send us your comments on 0551111997. Pick up that phone and give us a call, 0302-216-541. If you have any motor vehicle of any kind, then Goyle has some great news for you. What do you do when you run out of fuel in your vehicle? Do you just stop anywhere? If that's Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. What you do then, please don't do that any longer. Let us introduce you to the good energy family and why you must be a part of it. Goyle Super XP Run 95 and Diesel XPs are the best quality fuels with high performance in town for your vehicle. Goyle Super XP Run 95 is a high-grade fuel sold at the same price as normal fuel. Goyle's Diesel XP is low in sulfur, making it an eco-friendly option for your vehicle. With over 440 stations across the nation, we ask that you join the family that rewards you with quality for an energized driving experience. Goyle, good energy, Goyle. I've got some comments on social media. Um, I'll be taking them shortly. Phone lines are still open. Maybe, Lati, very quickly, uh, do you want to yeah, let um, me just conclude. round up on, yeah. on, the, on the process outputs? Yeah. And then we, 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 yeah. we go so, to the comments. So, I was saying that whilst going through the monitoring and evaluation process, whereby you're trying to engage stakeholders and manage the relationship you have with them and make sure you satisfy them. There are certain outputs that you would get. One of the major outputs is called the work performance information. The work performance information is basically what you gather 
when you compare the actuals against what stakeholders required. So stakeholders give you a list of requirements. You understand? Now the, the project manager is executing with his team. The outcomes, when you are comparing the outcomes of the, the, what you, the results you are getting with what the stakeholders told you they want or what their requirements and expectations are, the information you gather is what we call the work performance information. Right. That information might be that whatever you are get the actuals is similar is the same as the requirements mm -hmm. given to you by stakeholders. Or the other way around, it might be that the outcomes or the actuals differ from what the stakeholders required or had stated in their original statement or plan. Mm -hmm. If it's the same, then you continue with your work. But if the outcomes differ from what was in the plan, mm -hmm. automatically you go to the change request. Right. And remember, we told you how, how to develop, we, we gave you an idea of what a change request is. Mm -hmm. And then if you develop your change request, you submit the change request toward the change control board. board. Right. That is where you go in for either approval or rejection mm -hmm. based on the statistics on the change request in terms of the impact of the issue or the change mm -hmm. on your schedule, your cost, um, your, your, your scope of work, and then resources and some, 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 sometimes one way or the other. So it's either rejected or approved. If it's approved, you go ahead and re-implement the work. If it is rejected, it means there are different ways of looking, of, at, the of looking at the same problem without necessarily embarking on a change. So right. those are the outputs, the work performance information mm. and then change requests are actually the results that one gets mm. when you begin monitoring and evaluating stakeholders' engagement. Brilliant. I've got some comments on social media. Let's go to them very quickly. This one is from Yvonne. Yvonne, you didn't say where you are. You're reaching us out from. She says, how does one manage stakeholders on a project? I think she missed it when you talked about it. So maybe just very briefly, if you want to answer that. How um, does one manage stakeholders? In summary, just yeah. So in, in, in summary, you identify them. You try to identify stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And then you plan stakeholder engagement. That's the second thing. And then you, um, um, what's the name? Monitor. We talked about monitoring and evaluation of the stakeholder mm -hmm. engagement or you manage stakeholder engagement then monitor and evaluate stakeholder yeah, engagement right. uh, we went through those processes in detail and then at least you can the, the slides are there i'm sure they are yeah they so are. you can go to the slides to find out the details i've got it. ben from clagon ben says if i'm managing my wedding project who are the stakeholders ben congratulations by the way <laughs> <laughs> so um obvious ben so obviously your wife is a key stakeholder your in-laws and then your parents mm -hmm. are also stakeholders. The vendors mm -hmm. are important stakeholders. I mean, those who prepare and produce your dresses mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And any other vendor you are going and to engage. And if you hold it in the church. Yes, the of course. Of the, the calendar of the church. The calendar of the church, yes. So that, so that, so that the church, <laughs> I mean, with the head, are also key stakeholders because they would also influence the date that you right. want to have. So those are some examples of stakeholders. Okay, I've yeah. got a few more comments. This one is Ibrahim from La Paz. Can you please go over how one can monitor and control stakeholders? This is Ibrahim from La Paz. Yeah, so um, for monitoring and controlling, I always say that the simple way to monitor and evaluate or monitor and control is to look, check, and fix look out for potential problems and here when we talk about stakeholders the problems you're looking out for is issues and changes mm. and conflicts 
So if you look out for those potential problems, check it. You don't just look and go out and, and make a decision. You need to evaluate, check whether truly there are problems. Mm -hmm. If there are problems, you fix it. And then we said that you fix it through the change request. Mm -hmm. And the change request can be implemented in, in, in four different ways. It's either a preventive action, a corrective action, mm -hmm. a defect repair, or an update. Look, check, and, and fix. fix. Ibrahim, I hope that answers your question. I've got Ben from Agege. Ben says, can you give us a pictorial view of an issue log and a change request? I suppose you can describe it. Yeah, yes. so so an issue log is just a document that you can prepare even on, 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 on your laptop that must have um, a column. Of course, it must have a column of all the list of issues. So you have the list of issues and another column that has the dates that the, those issues occurred, mm. another column that has the date you intend to resolve those issues, and another column that has a, a status. Mm -hmm. So that whether when you are resolving, you can tell us whether what is the status of mm -hmm. that particular issue. So that's a very simple issue log. Brilliant. Phone lines are still open. Numbers to call 0302216541. Or you can continue to send us your comments on 055 We've got a few more uh, minutes on the show. We can pick up some more calls, 0302216541. We end our conversation today on stakeholder management. So surely there's one or two questions that you want to ask Latif while we have him here in the studio. Latif, I have a question. Is the work of the change control board one that causes unnecessary bureaucracy sometimes? No, I don't believe so. I don't believe so because, you see, if you are working as a project manager and with your team, sometimes you are very confident that if you don't have people, if you don't have um, people checking whatever you do, you might end up doing the wrong things unknowingly. Mm. That is why with even with the process of project management, we say that there are certain review parts that you must you must actually intentionally involve in your project. So they must, you divide your project into uh, let's say a number of milestones, mm -hmm. milestones that that would focus on reviews. Just at so, the end of each milestone. At the end of each milestone. Just so you are able to at least identify certain changes or issues that needs to be identified at the early stage. Mm -hmm. Remember, the cost of changes are very high when you are progressing That's on correct. the project. So if you, if you don't keep doing reviews and getting people who would also audit you, uh, your processes you end up having changes that needs to be done at the latter part of the project. And it's going to cost you more. And it's going to cost you more. So it's extremely important. What would you say is allowable percentage deviation from set targets during the monitoring and, and process? So before I answer yes. that question, and mind you, as part of the change control board, you are there as a project manager. Mm -hmm. And then even the change owner or the issue owner is also there. So you can defend yourself why you wanted this particular change. So it's okay. a very balanced um, um, group. Okay. That that help you. Now well, I'm smiling because I've had a personal experience of a change control board that was very difficult. But mm. I suppose that things happen on projects and they're different. Yes, of course. Project. Oh, of course. There are people yeah. who also, of course, I've had scenarios <laughs> where someone wants to frustrate you. Exactly. And it happens. Uh -huh. It's up to you. And and, and and what that does is it prolongs the time and time exactly. turns into money. So I keep telling you people know. that even with that as a project manager, you must have timelines. And let the people sitting on the board know the implication of whatever they are doing with regards to the overall timeline of your work. And the impact. And the impact of it. And then how it's going to impact not just the time, but even the cost again of a project <laughs> and the scope of work. 
Okay. What is allowable percentage deviation from set targets during monitoring? Uh, is there any industry standard? Yes. So two percent, three percent, five percent. Um, people generally will say a five to ten percent. Okay. Naturally, we calculate it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, for instance, we expect that we have contingencies reserves, right? That's correct. So, we say that even the contingency reserves are calculated as a result of the number of rigs you've identified on your project. Mm -hmm. You are anticipated that certain rigs would occur on your project. That's correct. What will be the cost of handling those rigs if they occur on the project? Mm -hmm. You understand? Those, well, that cost of rigs is what we put aside. We work around it and put aside as contingency reserves. So always, as much as the reason why we use 5 to 10% is that per experience and standard, people have realized over the years that that is actually what is the amount of um, contingency required, mm. always. So it's become a norm and a standard. But naturally, you need to calculate it using looking out for the predicting the amount of changes that you think would occur on a project mm -hmm. and then identifying the number of wrecks and then the impact of those wrecks on your project. See, I'm, I'm smiling again, Latif, because without stretching this too much, sometimes one risk can shut down the entire project. Yeah. And so on the budget side, the sponsor will say, listen, you can't come to me with 100% provision on contingency and say X, Y, Z, except that one risk can shut down the whole project. Yeah. You know, there are projects in Accra today which have been abandoned Hello. Yeah. because of litigation, yeah. time, yeah. things that went wrong. Yeah. So, yes, I think we'll stick to the industry recommendation, mm -hmm. but it's for further discussion. Yeah. Right. Looking, fixing, and checking. When you say that the PM should do this, um, should he trust the operational process to do this or must he do this himself? He must trust the operational process because you can't do things by yourself by all the time. Yeah. You must make sure you have the right people. That's how come sometimes in project management we allow for the word expert judgment. Mm. You can even bring experts on board to help you. An expert is basically someone who has done that thing over and over, has done some work over and over and over, hence has loads of experience in, in managing that particular process. I think you must have the right team members who can also help you and take you through those particular processes easily. Mm. You cannot do everything by yourself. At what point in the project do you change, let's say, vendors? For example, as a specific example. Yeah. So, I mean, we have the procurement change request mm. and we have the procurement change control board too, as well. Mm. Here, the difference is that with the procurement change control board, it's different from the normal change control board because that of the procurement change control board would have your suppliers as part of it in making decisions. At the point where you realize that, one, this the vendor is not meeting your requirements and your requirement this time might be your timeline requirements mm -hmm. might be your scope um, 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 descriptions of what he's supposed to deliver to as well and then also tax day is coming oh no but if you sign up for robin hood gold's ira with a three percent match you can get up to 195 dollars for the 2023 tax year oh yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.